We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Manifesting seems to be a hot word these days with people taking all different sides and having their own opinions on this topic. It happens to be that most people who say that they don't believe in manifesting don't actually know what the real definition of manifesting is. Today's episode features my friend Heidi Baker who shares her journey of growing up, moving to Paris alone at age 19, and how she became a manifesting coach helping others achieve their dreams through manifestation. As you'll hear during this episode, over a decade ago, Heidi and her husband founded a company which was, at the time, valued at $48 million. Their company generated interest from huge corporations, including Home Depot, Lowe's, and Target. And finally, after investing blood, sweat, and tears into her company, finally had an agreement for an investment from a large corporation. Two weeks before they were supposed to finalize the deal, the investing company changed their mind and pulled out the funding. At the time, they had 40 employees, she was six months pregnant with her first child, and she and her husband were left with multi-six figures of personal debt. Unfortunately, they had to shut down, and at the time, to stay afloat, she went right back to working as a dental hygienist, which was her original career and wasn't something that she was truly passionate about. As you'll hear Heidi talk about during this interview, it was the most difficult thing she had been through in her entire life. Heidi shares how she got through this extremely difficult time and offers advice to others who are going through challenging times as well. During this period, she started thinking about huge achievements she had made in the past, like how Random House called them to write a book and how Time Magazine featured her company. And this began her journey of really delving deep into the manifesting space and consciously applying the principles she had learned through her own experiences manifesting her own life as well as helping others. Heidi talks about the concept of head and heart alignment and how things show up for us, not to us. I also asked Heidi what she would tell people who think that manifesting is like woo-woo and not a real thing. So Heidi breaks down the misconceptions that people have regarding the idea of manifesting and talks about how we're always manifesting, whether we're trying to or not, and how she works with her clients to manifest and achieve their dreams. Heidi also spoke about how we're all empathic beings, how we feel each other's intentions and energy, and the importance of tuning in to the energy that you bring to your marketing and life in general. We ended off the interview with Heidi offering advice on ways to manifest things, and get what you want out of life, ways to shift your world with simple shifts, and how to get clear on what you truly want. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode. It's seriously packed with so much valuable information and ideas to implement right now. Listen in and be inspired. 
I grew up in Michigan like you, Nahami, and it's funny because it was a beautiful upbringing. I, I think about all of the, you know, the, the green trees and all the lakes and just being able to walk and really enjoy the basic things in life. I mean, I think that you really become so much more centered living in an area like that. And it enabled me to really expand where I've lived over the course of my life. Um, I was a kid who was, um, I just, I loved watching the, the leaves change in the fall and simple little things. School was not the easiest for me. I'm not going to lie. I was not a great student. I worked my tail off. Um, and I had a brother who had like a photographic memory, which made me question my own abilities. And I think that probably led me into the path that I took throughout the course of my life, trying to prove that I could create and become something more than I seemed to others. Um, but uh, it, we lived in Michigan until I was 16 and I had wonderful, wonderful family all around me. And we actually, we had a pool in our backyard. And as you know, living in Michigan, having a pool in your backyard, you were the house on the weekends. Everybody came to your house and my mom loved to entertain. And so I felt very supported with this family that I had all around me on both sides of the, both sides. And um, at 16, actually it's funny, my father had a, a, a very well-known drugstore. One of the first um, drugstores, one of the first places to discount anything in this country. And he discounted designer jeans when they were hot. And um, it was just, it was, our whole life had revolved between the business and our family. And then um, at 16, my parents decided to move us to San Diego, California. And it was a very exciting and scary time because I went from all of this, you know, stability and comfort and expectation of knowing who'd be around and everything. And all of a sudden it had all changed. And it was a, it was a beautiful time in the respect that growing up, everybody had seen me as one thing. They had expectations of who I was and what I would do. And all of a sudden it was blank canvas. I could be whoever I wanted, whatever I wanted. And it was funny because growing up, I was not considered, um, I was not a popular child is the easiest way to put it. I was kind of like, I was just coming into my own at that point. And up until that point, I'd been made fun of a lot. And I'll never forget a girlfriend of mine that I had made first couple of days of school came up to me and said, yes, yeah, somebody said to me, did you see that, that cute new chick from, you know, that cute new chick in school? And I was like, who are they talking about? Like you, you dork. And they're like me, me. No, no, that's not me. So um, we moved when I was 16 to California and it was very different. Um, I missed a lot from Michigan. I missed my family. I missed my friends. Um, and my parents had completely changed business. And um, and I, I stayed there through my sophomore year of, of college. And then through a fluke, I ended up moving to Paris. And I moved to Paris at 19 by myself. Um, stupidest, smartest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> it, uh, it took me to places where I, I, I thought I spoke French and my French equivalent was, I, I, my name is Heidi. I like goat's cheese. And how much does that cost? It was definitely not enough. And, uh, but I loved it. I met some amazing people. I ended up, I have what I call my French family when I, when I go back there and I love talking to them and it enabled me to spread my own wings because all of a sudden I'd pulled off every single parameter I'd grown up with. The expectations were different over there. The, you know, there was no parent to tell me I could, or I couldn't do something, but I had to pay my own bills. I had to find my own apartment. I had to find my own job. Um, I had to do it all. And it was really an amazing time. It enabled me to realize anything was possible. And many times I actually manifested some pretty amazing things that at the time I didn't even know I was manifesting it. One of my favorite stories is when I first moved to France and I got my, my job, 
I was excited because I had gotten an apartment and I had gotten a job and, and I had, uh, I was like, cool. And I, I got the job around the 20th of the month. I'm like, that's awesome. And I was thinking very American mindset. We get paid every two weeks. Right. And, um, what I wasn't aware of is that in France, I don't know if they still do, but at the time they paid you once a month and they're like, Oh, we'll just lump that in. And I was like, I'm not going to get paid for five and a half weeks. <sighs> And I was like, I was the last week I was literally down to, I think I had $20 to my name. I had a a carte orange, which is basically a subway pass. I could get on and off the subway or the bus anytime I wanted to for the rest of the week, but I really didn't have enough money to fully eat. And I literally put it out there. God, you know, it would be amazing (laughs) that I got taken out for dinner every single night. And I swear to God, I think I went on four or five dates that week in Porsche's Ferraris, Maserati. It was whole into my life. It never happened before since all these nice boys showed up and all of a sudden wanted to take me out. And they're like, Hey, have you ever been to the Eiffel Tower? And I was like, I haven't been there since I was 13 years old. And they're like, Let's go. And like two nights later, this one says to me, Hey, have you ever been to the top of the Eiffel Tower? And I was like, The top of the Eiffel Tower? I haven't been to the top since, since I was 13 because two nights before it had actually been closed at the top. And I was like, but it was hilarious because I'd manifested all these people showing up and the cars they were taking me out in and the places they were taking me to. I, just the bottle of wine. I was, I was thinking when I looked at the price of the bottle of wine, they ordered one and I was like, if you just came back and eat the rest of the week, just, just for the bottle, the bottle was like a hundred dollar bottle. I, was like, I could eat really well the rest of the week. But I learned so much because I'd pulled off all of the, the already the, the beliefs that we all thought true. You know, you can't move to Paris at 19. You don't speak French. You don't have a job. You, you have a, a year and a half long visa. How can you do that? You don't know anyone. Check, 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 check. So if that's all possible, would I want to make it? So that was really a, an amazing thing. So I lived there and I actually moved from Paris to Miami. And that's when I, I, I hunkered down back into the, the whole concept of life has to be the way everybody shows you. So I went back to school and I became a dental hygienist. And that's when I, that's when I forgot I was a manifester. There were years that I totally forgot I, I could create the world that I wanted and uh, stayed there for about eight to 10 years. And I moved to Cal- back to California where my family was. And that's when, that's when the magic started happening. And that's when I really started to play with manifesting and creating amazing things. I, um, at age 30, I bought a house. Um, it was, it was a condo, but it was 1700 square feet. And I started to fix it up one room at a time because I totally strapped myself for cash and I uh, couldn't afford to, ha- to pay anyone. And I did not come from a family that did any, any, any kind of home improvement. I mean, like we paid people to paint. We paid people to put like, put frames up. Like this was like, <laughs> not, not, not my family's jam. And I, again, had strapped myself for cash. Um, and as I fixed up each and every room, I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. And I started putting in crown molding and I started refinishing cabinets and I put in stone tile, stone floors and myself, and like, I'd get a compound miter saw and, and a nail gun, or I'd get a, a tile, a wet tile saw. How did you learn how to do this? Cause there was no, like, we, like now there we have no YouTube. YouTube, like, wh- how did you learn how to do this? Uh, trial and error. Um, yeah. And I, well, the hardest part is your best resource at the time were the guys at like Home Depot, right? They were your best okay. resource. But I, it was kind of like, um, I kind of felt like it was 1952 because I was 
blocked from that resource because the minute they walked in, you know, here I am, this petite female. And at that point in time, I mean, I was probably 102 soaking wet, you know, 102 pounds soaking wet. And so they took one look at me and they, nine times out of 10, I get a, oh, sweetheart, you can't do that when I'd ask them what I wanted to do. And it would, it literally took me finding one person and there was a Home Depot in San Diego. And I found a guy in electrical who took me seriously. And so after a while, what I would do is I'd go in and I'd go, hey, Jay, and say, what? I go, I, I'm doing some painting. Can you, yeah, I'll get someone for you. And he'd literally get on the phone. Like they, they have a phone. Hey, so-and-so. So I got this lady, I'm sending her over. She knows what she's doing. Help her out. And that's how I got them to start like unlocking the knowledge and letting me have it. But there was really nothing that was out there for women to be able to use. And the craziest part was not only did my house get look better and better. First, it changed how I, not only how I lived in the home, but outside of my home. I was more sure of myself. I was taking risks that I hadn't imagined. I, I went from being what I thought was very messy. I redid, I put in a walk-in closet. I had someone build the closet and then I added everything to it instead of you know paying thousands and thousands of dollars. All of a sudden I was neat. I was clean. I loved putting my clothes away. It was like, what? Like my whole life, this has been like an issue and gone. Um, I never felt comfortable entertaining. I set up my living room. I I did a party for my mom when she got remarried. I, it was like all these crazy things that I never understood. And so the long and the short of it is as things went on, my girlfriend started asking me, hey, can you show me how to do this? Hey, you put in crown money. That's so cool. Can you show me? Or I'd get invited to a girlfriend's house cross country and I figure we'll have a weekend of shopping and fun and there'd be a 12 foot ladder in the living room. Like, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we'd paint for the whole weekend or and we get crown molding and I'd show how to put baseboard molding and how to counter set nails. But, and so my now husband, who's been one of my best friends since I was 19, who was a set writer at the time said, there's a show here. There's a show here. And we started throwing it around and we ended up going to the, what's called Matt P, which is basically the television producers associations, kind of like it's their, it's their show. And I actually built the frame of a house as our booth um, with like little tiny, like one by ones. Like it was hilarious in the backyard trying to build it, take it apart and then rebuild it. And it was in Las Vegas in a Las Vegas like convention center, but people just stopped by like crazy. And fast forward three years later, three and a half years later, we were a national brand. Uh, we had a book with Random House the entire year of 2006, every single day, we were mentioned somewhere in press. We had recurring columns in newspapers and magazines across the country. We had one of the first online TV shows, 10 episodes of TV wow. uh, with MSN.com when they believed that it was the, the one and only year that they decided that people were going to watch TV online. And the next year, they actually replaced the person who was in charge of it. And she said, no one's ever going to watch TV online. And she canceled the entire program, which is why you do not watch TV on MSN.com. Um, but uh, yeah, it was hilarious. So but we were in talks with the Home Depot, Lowe's and Target because they realized that it was a marketplace that was untapped. So yeah, it was, that was where we moved. And that was called BJ. And that was my business that I created. It was all these things that I'd done in the course of my life from understanding how important it was in Michigan to really be grounded and centered in your home and losing that moving to San Diego. And then deciding I wanted to recreate it for myself after I'd traveled the world and I came back to San Diego and said, oh, now, now I'm going to create my own stability in the city. Cause this is where my family is. And this is where I've chosen to be. And it just blossomed from there. And now I realized at that point, I was like, hey, you change your home, you change your life. Because my experience the second time I was in San Diego was completely different. And I moved up to LA and we started this business. And 
like I said, three and a half years later, it was worth, it was valued at $48 million. Whoa. Whoa. In 2006, we had 40,000 members to our website. 2006, let's just give you a gist of what that looked like. Right. Uh, we did national TV. We were on, I was on the Today Show a couple of times. In order for you to actually go and like, I go on and say, oh, come on to bjane.com, right? They would have to go to their office, sit down in front of their computer, not a laptop, computer, let it, turn it on, let it warm up, wait till it came on, then type in www.bjane.com, wait for it to come up and then put their name in. And we had 40,000 members. And it was just taking off like crazy. We were in talks, like I said, with major, you know, retailers, big buck, big buck retailers. And we had gone after venture capital funding and they had given us what's called bridge funding for uh, nine months, I want to say. So every couple of months we would prove to them what we were able to accomplish and they would give us more you know, operating capital. And uh, they were about to, we we're about to close on four and a half million dollars in funding. And literally two weeks before, I mean, I was so excited, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, this is, as a founder, I'm sure as you know, and Hami, you don't get paid. You don't get paid. You pay everybody else. You take your money out and you borrow against your name, but you don't get paid. And it'd been almost four years at this point. And um, I think my husband and I were each making, and he was one of the founders, um, we were each making $25,000 a piece. And we'd been making that for a year and a half. And we had gone into debt. We were like, but we were about ready. Everything was just going to change overnight. And so we were like, just hold on, skin of our teeth. And uh, two weeks before closing on that money, they changed their mind. And it wasn't like a, we were going to let you know that we're unhappy with something that was a last second, like, nope, so sorry, not going to do it. And I, I'll never forget the conversation with my CFO. And he said to me, I said, any more due diligence? Do they want anything else? The VCs? And he goes, no, they're good. They're, no, they don't want any more. He would say they're good. They don't want any more. And I said, okay, so what's going on? He goes, um, they changed their mind. I was like, in my head, I, I, I didn't hear that right. What? They changed their mind. They don't want to fund us. I, I, to this day, I mean, it's still it just, I remember like, I felt like the, the world was imploding. I was like, what? And he said, no, they decided not to fund us. No, to give you an idea, we literally had two weeks worth of runway, financial runway in the bank. I had 40 employees in 11,000 square foot office. I had an entire team building on my website. Funny enough, uh, our very next launch on our website was what we call dream boarding. So you could dream board what you wanted to put into your bedroom, bathroom, whatever you were going to do. And we had actually built it out so well that we'd already done the ability to have, you could compress video and put it up on it. This was 2006. There's an app out there that everybody uses a website that looks something like that called Pinterest, which didn't yeah. come out for three years. We would have been wow. Pinterest before Pinterest. They changed their mind and we had to shut down, shut down. And the craziest part is I was pregnant with my first daughter. I was four months pregnant. Wow. And um, yeah, if, if she was, if I had not been pregnant with her, I'm certain, certain I would not be here today. It was it's traumatizing. It's literally traumatizing as a business owner. And you, you're so excited. And, and, and finally, like the end has come, you finally achieved what you've been working towards. And all of a sudden it gets like the rugs pulled out from under you. I mean, that's literally, that's, I can't imagine a, a bigger nightmare. The best way for me to describe it is I'd climbed up 250 stories up I got to the top. I could see the pinnacle and I not only fell 250 stories, 
I was now a hundred stories below ground. And here I was pregnant. We were walking away with multi six, multi six figures worth of debt, personal debt, because we had never taken it out of our name. And this is before everybody had, you know, um, with everything that happened with imploded with the, with the housing crisis, we did not go bankrupt because we wanted to be able to still buy a house. So here we go. We leave. My husband had been a a TV, you know, TV executive or TV, he'd actually been a writer, sitcom writer at the time before. And you can't just jump right back in. And I'm pregnant with my first child. And I went right back to cleaning teeth. I head down cleaning teeth. And it was, it was, I just kept myself busy. I had to make money. I had to make money. I had a child on the way. I had to make money. Um, and it was, it was most certainly the most difficult thing I've been through in my entire life. It was, it was horrific. Um, and the hardest part is I, I have the most wonderful husband in the world who felt like he'd let me down by not catching it ahead of time. So I couldn't cry in front of him because it would make him feel worse. So I would get in the car and I would cry all the way to work and I'd fix my makeup and I'd buck up and I'd pretend that everything was great. And I'd cry all the way home and I would fix my makeup and I'd go in and I just sucked it in for years. And it took me forever to release the pain that came with the failure of this because it went, I mean, we were literally, you know, they said the hockey stick, we were right at the elbow. We were about to take off. I mean, we'd already, when we pitched target, they loved our pitch and they said, great. So who's going to make all your merchandise? Had we had those lined up, we would have been in business with them. And it was just like, whoo. And it took me a good, well, I was pregnant. So I, I just head down, worked until the baby came. And then um, my husband wasn't working. I went back out to work when she was three months old. And then at five months old, he got a job with Disney and I went back home. And I had the breathing room to start like pulling this apart and going, okay, where am I in this? Who am I in this? Besides being a mom. And uh, it was really, really kind of surprising to me because I was like, I have done these amazing things before. How, how did I do this? What was it? How did I, how did I make Random House call us to write a book for them? I mean, how, oh, how did I get Time Magazine to feature us when we were three people in a terrible office and we had one, um, one stat on the cover of our, of our, our webpage? How did I do that? And I broke it down and I broke it down and I broke it down and I said, okay, now I'm going to try it out. I'm going to try this in a very safe way. And my husband, trying to find a way to support us, had created a website. Um, at the time, you could make a lot of money on cost per click, the cost per click model. And it was the most boring topic ever, but he'd also used certain tools to see that he would be a big, fit, big fish in a little pond, meaning there was a ton of demand of people asking for this, not enough websites. And it was refrigerator reviews. Oh my gosh, the most boring topic ever. And I took it over and I was like, okay. And I started to do what I call running my energy on it. And I just spent 10 to 20 hours a week on it. Just, you know, kept on tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it, learned HTML coding. And before I knew it, it was making more money. And I was running my energy every day as much as it was, that was a, that was a daily thing, a five to seven days a week. And within a year, we were making $70,000 a year. Within two, we were at 140. I had 1.2 million visitors to my site annually, organically. Nice. I did no marketing. I did nothing outbound. I sold nothing. I had no customer service. I worked when I wanted to. And it was all, I guarantee it was manifesting. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, for sure. So I would love to hear how you got through that hard time. 
sure. before we get into the manifesting stuff, which I'm so excited about, but I want to hear about like how, to, yeah. because that is, as we said before, it's one of the worst nightmares that could happen to anyone. <sighs> totally. So if you could get through that, yeah, we could all get through our stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when the business imploded, um, I was numb. I was fully numb. I mean, the funniest was it said there was three founders in this company. And then the gentleman who was our CFO was our first uh, executive that we brought on. And I was the only one in the office when he got the call. And I, I mean, I remember like my ears heating. I remember, I think I, I think I went numb from that point because I, I had to move forward. Um, how I got through it, you know, it's one of those where it's... It, I, I wish I could say it was easy. I wish I could say it was quick. Um, it was just constantly taking the next best feeling thought and and moving with it. And what I mean by that is this is, okay, so have you ever broken up with someone and you just thought that they were the one and it was just horrific? Like you just wanted to cry all the time because that's basically how I felt. Like I'd, I'd broken up with, to me, it was my first child, honestly. BJ was my first child. But um, it's as bad as like, if you haven't, you know, had a, that's the best loss I can think of is, you know, you break up with someone and you just feel like you can't move. Um, and sometimes what I would just do is, okay, what's the next, next best feeling thought? And it can be, and I'm not saying you have to go from like, oh, I feel like crud. I look in the mirror. I feel terrible. I'm unhappy. And I, I just want to cry. And like, I feel great. That's not the next best feeling thought. The next best feeling thought is, hey, maybe I should put some mascara on. I might look a little better. Or, hey, maybe if I take a shower. Or, you know, it's funny that the, the easiest thing for me to think of is if you're sitting on the floor and you're crying, maybe you should sit on the, maybe you should sit on the couch. Just get up off the floor, just off the floor. I'm not asking you to walk, I'm not asking you to run, I'm not asking you to smile, I'm not asking you to laugh. Just find the next best feeling. And just one baby step after another and find the beauty in every single day. I'm not saying you're gonna find it every day, but making concerted effort to find one thing that you're grateful for, just one thing. It can be that my pajamas are clean, <laughs> that my hair is washed, that the baby is sleeping, that that it's a blue sky, that my favorite show is, is on Netflix. I, I don't care. I mean, it literally that little bit of a, a switch because it's really easy to just focus on how horrible you feel. And the more we focus on, the more we focus on what isn't good, the more not good we get. So you just, it's simple, little tiny things. So if you happen to be someone who's listening, who's in a bad place and you think it's never going to get better, find something. And I don't, I don't really care if it's two millimeters in size, find something because you're retraining your brain that things are going to get better. So it's literally one tiny nibble at a time, not even a bite, a little nibble of something good. And, and even if you have to make it up in your head, you know, it would be amazing, it'd be amazing if X, Y, or Z, just something, ask the universe for something and you're turning in subconscious to try to find something better. And that's really the only way out of it. You yeah, know? that's great advice. I love that. It's a small things. I think people sometimes think that you have to make a drastic change, you do something huge, but it's really these small little mindset shifts that you're referring to that they make a huge difference at the end of the day. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, the mindset is everything. I mean, I, I see that now as what I do, but the mindset is 
everything. And, and the thing that we don't realize is, you know, when we start something, we're actually going down a path. Sometimes it's like we're a dog chasing our tail, you know, and we don't know why can't I get out of it? Why can't I, you have to break the cycle. And it can be something tiny, but it has to be concerted effort of like, okay, today I'm going to find something to look forward to. Today I'm going to find something, you know, today I'm going to feel like you're overweight. Today I'm going to find something that I love about my body. I love the way my tip, my toenails look polished. I love, you know, I love how my hair falls. I love, I find something. And it is the, the first switch. And each day try to find the next better feeling thought. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay, that's great. I love that advice. Okay, so now let's get into um, manifesting. You're, you refer to it a couple of times and this is something that you do every day yes. with your clients and with your, with yourself. So let's, let's get into that. So, yes. So some people haven't heard of manifesting. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that first. Uh, Manifesting the the best way that most of probably the world, but definitely United States learned about manifesting was in the movie, the secret. Um, uh, There was one before that. What was it? It was, um, Oh, I'm forgetting the one. There's another movie that came before it, but The Secret was was our first intro to manifesting. And it's really that thoughts become things, you know, so you can think about something and then, you know, it's this amazing thing that it shows up into reality. And it was this great movie that came out and we're like, wow, I can actually create things by thinking it. And I loved The Secret and I hated The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> so much that was important because they said, you got to think about it. You got to think about it. You got to think about it. And I did. I was, I was like, I know what I want. And I've got it right here. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Where the heck is it? Why is it here? I'm thinking it's not here. Damn it. And what it is, is that we forget that we are creatures that were, um, we were not born into it. it with, with this amazing intellect. This is a, a much more recent thing. If you, I was a European history major in school. So I love thinking back to when there were Serbs and, 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 and just, we had really, we, people didn't go to school. They were born and they went right into whatever their family did. And we think now that we're living in this time where we're so like cerebral and we think about things all the time and you have to get a degree and you, you have to go to school and you have to get a master's, maybe even a doctorate. We think if it doesn't happen above the, above the neck and between the ears, it's irrelevant because we can't prove it. But the thing is, for millennia, we were nonverbal. And millennia after that, we were preverbal. So the brain wasn't actually doing all these things that we think are so essential. And we're forgetting that there's a second part and we're attached. The neck is attached to the body and the body is where our feelings come. So all we heard in the secret was about how we had to think about something to make it happen. They forgot to let us know that if you can't feel exactly the same way, you can't draw it into reality. So manifesting is this crazy thing where when we can get our head and our heart aligned, you can think about something you truly want and your heart goes, oh, that would be amazing. You can feel your body lights up. Crazy things happen. I mean, like how in the world did I take my fixing up my own house because I couldn't afford to pay someone to do it and within what I bought it in 2000? And by 2006, I'd not only taken what I did, turned it into an idea that became a business that was worth $48 million in six years. I mean, by the way, I didn't sell the house till 2003. We didn't start the business. So in three years, I, three and a half years, it, it makes no logical sense, none whatsoever. I can guarantee you it's manifesting because I knew head and heart aligned that I was going to change women's homes and changing their life in the same way change your home, change your life. And it was one of those, I was a coach back then and I didn't even know it. So manifesting is this 
phenomenal way to make the world show up for you instead of things happening to you. Does that make I sense? I love that. Yes. Okay. For you, not to you. That's, that's, yes. I love that. Yes. Okay. So I, I know a lot of people have this mindset of, okay, manifesting is like the heebie-jeebie stuff. It's like a little weird. So <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, how, totally. what, what would you say to them? Oh, you're, I, I fully hear you that it sounds like it's woo-woo and it's all BS. So I love, I love people like that. So the reason why I do is because I have a, have a medical background, right? So prove it to me, prove it to me. It's got, there's gotta be proof. Okay. So if we go back and you take a look at um, so many studies that have been done, this is why, why I, I bit off at this idea of like, okay, manifesting has to work. So manifesting is, is all energetic. So you can either believe that you live in a Newtonian world, right? A Newtonian world where everything outside of you creates the world that happens within you. So, and by the way, totally normal. We all get this as children. Mom comes to you, she changes your diaper, your world gets better. Mom comes to you, she gives you a bottle or she feeds you, your life gets better. So we learn very linearly as a child, as an infant, that the world outside of you creates how you feel inside. That's the Newtonian theory. But there's a completely different theory called the quantum theory. And the reason why this isn't why I can tell you it's not woo-woo, quantum physics, right? What is quantum physics? It is the study of the smallest particles of the entire universe, right? Neutrons, protons, electrons, right? Even subatomic particles, smaller than that, right? Mm. So if you take and put everything that we know of as, that exists and put it into an electron microscope, it all looks the same. And the craziest thing is there's space, lots of space in between all of these, these particles. And we question what's in between the space. It's energy. It's energy. And the crazy part is that if we feel like, okay, well, if I'm made, of, made up of the same thing as everything else on the planet, why do I feel like it's not for me? Why do I say, oh, that's a gorgeous car. I want that. I can't have it because I don't have that kind of money. Well, but it's made up of the same thing I am. Why can't I shift my energy inside of me, scientifically proven energy that exists inside of me, to attract that to me because I am pretty much a magnet. So if we go down to the energetics of it all, our brain, you've seen people, they have the EEGs they wear on their head, right? That's an electrical energy test. They want to see the if there's electrical energy in a brain to see if it's still functioning, to see what it's doing. If someone, you've ever heard of someone being brain dead, this is what they're testing for, to see if there's electrical energy in the brain. Now, funny enough, feelings, um, what we feel in our body are actually magnetic energy. And it is measurable. Believe it or not, they've been able to measure through like like steel walls our energy coming through. You have to be very, very like angry or very, very, very happy for it to be measurable, but it is magnetic energy. And the funny part is when you say it's woo-woo, we're going back to science. It's just plain science. If we can measure brainwaves as energy and emotions as energy, when we combine the two, this is where it comes down to when I, this is why I, this is where I geek out on this. So when you have the same electrical energy and magnetic energy, and what I mean is like, um, um, okay, when you meet the one, you know, I, I knew, I knew when I met my husband, he was the one. How did I know? If you've ever met anybody who's met the one, they I just knew. And the only way I can describe it is my head was like, uh, why do I feel like I've known him forever? And my body was like, I feel like I am so comfortable with this person. And it's just so easy 
And it was a head and heart alignment. And with manifesting, it has to feel in agreement. It has to feel organic. It has to feel like, um, okay, if you think I'm going to win a million dollars and you're thinking with your brain, I'm going to win a million dollars with the next lottery. I'm going to win it. 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 And your body is kicking back. Body, by the way, the emotions of the body is the subconscious giving us all of our blocks. And your body's going, you've never won before. That's not possible. You don't know anybody who's ever won. You're kidding yourself. You're just wasting your money. You're giving off one signal with your brain and the complete opposite with your body. So you're shutting down any sort of magnetics, which is why so many people are like, it's never worked for me. It doesn't work, which is why I hated the secret because I was only using electrical. Mm. The minute I got them in alignment, I could get my body to get physically excited over the concept of what I wanted or what I was looking forward to. It started to show up. And the crazy part is when you do it right, when you really learn to manifest and things show up, the excitement happens almost before it shows up. When it shows up, you're like, of course it's here. I've been feeling it for the last month and a half. I knew it was coming. Right. I mean, I'm happy that it's here, but I'm not like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So it sounds woo-woo until you really dig into the science of it. And I will tell you, it works. And I love, I get calls from my clients all the time. They say things like, Heidi, you're not going to believe it. And I always, and I warn them, I go, you're going to call me and you're going to say this to me and I'm not going to get excited. I'm like, uh-huh, what am I not going to believe? I'm like, just let me tell you. And it's always the same conversation. I'm like, I know you created something. What did you create? Because we are all creators. We are as human beings creators. If you think about, go back 400 years and compare the life of man 400 years ago and the life of man now. We are meant to create. We are meant to expand the planet, to expand the experiences, everything. We take for granted everything, the roof over our head, the air conditioning, the heater. This is all man just getting head and heart aligned. Hey, I want to feel warm in my house. I want to feel safe in my house. How can I do this? I want to feel like I don't have to chop wood. I mean, this is all we've done already, but we negate it because in our head, as we get stuck, above our neck, between our ears. Well, of course someone created an air conditioner. Of course someone created a heater. But if you went back 400 years, people would say, you are insane. That is not going to exist. It's not possible. But it was manifested into reality. Right. So true. Yeah. It's really an unbelievable concept. Um, And I love that you do this full time. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So when when you work with your clients, it's something that you do do you find that uh, aligning their head and their heart is the hardest part? Well, it's funny because they, they, well, that's one of the basics that I do is I, I've got real basic exercises. They look at me and they go, are you crazy? That's all I have to like, why am I doing this thing? But yes, it's, it's, it's aligning the head and heart is difficult, but first of all, it's, it's more awakening the, the, the mind to know that the body has things to say that the subconscious is talking to us. How do we calm it? And how do we get it aligned? But yeah, definitely. Once your head and heart is is aligned, then the biggest thing is making sure you're asking for what you truly desire. Because by the way, (laughs) you're always manifesting both the good and the bad. I remember the day that I uh, told my husband uh, something about the business and he said, don't say that. And I I attribute that to the day that I shifted the energy to um, what happened. Literally, I was, I was having trouble with my partner and I'd said to him, I don't know if I see myself working alongside her in six months. And, he's, and we, we, we both knew that thoughts became things at that point. He said, don't say that, don't say that. I'm like, I'm just not comfortable at this point. And wasn't that much longer afterward that everything imploded. 
I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you for that. I thought because it could have manifested in other ways also. You know what I mean? Like she could have left or whatever. It didn't have to happen that way. It didn't have to happen that way. I was not, I was not specific enough. <laughs> Specificity is really important. You know, we always laugh that in our house, we live in Los Angeles. We live in a great area town. It is a tiny little house that is uh, on a post champ of a lot uh, in a like, literally I walk to everything. I walk my kids to school. I mean, how many people in LA can say that they could not get in their car? I can walk to the market. I've got three of them around me. I've got five banks near me. I've got lots of, I have a Starbucks four houses or four houses away from me. So, um, but it's funny, my husband and I laugh. He goes, you know, growing up, I always thought I'd live in a million dollar house. I was not specific enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I should have specified I wanted a pool in the backyard. I wanted more bedrooms. I wanted an office. I wanted a, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's specificity is just as important when you're talking about manifesting. Right. And there are a lot of things that are important in regards to manifesting. People make the mistake of thinking that manifesting means, okay, so I'm going to visualize it in my head. I'm going to meditate over it. And then it's going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And that is totally wrong because you have to still put in the actions to have yes. things manifest. Yeah, you definitely still have to put in action. But the crazy part is when you really are manifesting, um, and you start to take you start to take action, you create momentum, and then the craziest things start to show it for you. And the funny thing is, people have say, "Well, I have to put in the work," and I say, "Yeah, but when it starts to happen, it actually doesn't feel like work because you're you're going exactly where you chose to go. And if you're if it still feels like work, then you weren't specific enough. Honestly, you weren't specific enough because, granted, there will always be things to do. But the closer you get to your goal more exciting it is. And you're just, you can't wait to do it. You're so excited to do it. You know, it's, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this already. Or I can't believe this showed up for me. Or this person wants to work with us or this company wants to talk to us. And yes, we have to do a, you know, we did a whole, uh, like I told you, we did a whole um, presentation with Target. That two weeks of like, we, we hammered it out. We hired an illustrator. We, I, I can't tell you that that was work. We stayed late many nights. i Loved it. Loved every minute of it because we were crafting and creating and moving toward what it is we wanted to do. So yeah, you're going to work, but we need to flip it on its ear that it feels like it's aligned for you. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're looking to manifest something in a field that you don't really love, it's going to always feel like work. Always feel like work. Right. And and going along those lines, there are when things, there's a difference between things flowing and working within the flow and in alignment versus trying to keep on making things move and they're not moving, you know, and, right. and that type of right. work. So it's, there's a really right. big difference. One type energizes you and the other one really drains you. And that's real unpleasant work. Totally. Definitely. Well, it's, it's, it, it's funny. I, I have a whole, um, a whole model that I explained to my, my clients that you can either show up as in your adult head or your five-year-old head. And it sounds like, why would you want to be a five-year-old? This was because a five-year-old very easily gets in the flow. They get in the flow without even thinking about it. It's just their natural state of being. As adults, we get stuck and blocked and we feel like we have to work hard and we have to make the right choices, which blocks us even more. And the further we move down that path, we, you know, we're like, I, I don't know what to do. And I just, just start to you hear this all the time. You just kind of accept that's the way life is, right? You just work for the sake of work. And that's the adult mindset because we think we have to get it right. And you get just stuck. Whereas as if once you get into this child's mindset, everything just gets fun, easy in the flow. And when you're in the flow, work shifts. It just does. Totally. And I've seen that with myself, actually. Those days that I feel upbeat and that things are flowing and I feel happy, 
then all of a sudden I'll get more orders and money flows in and things just, ha- and it's such a weird concept because it's like, I could, you know, have a slow week, let's say that all of a sudden something happens one day and I feel great. And then orders just pour in. Exactly. Exactly. Because you are head to heart aligned. At, okay. So you know how you feel in the days that you feel good. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how you feel in the days that you don't? Yes, absolutely. Can you see the dissonance, how your head and your heart are not saying the same? Your head is trying to push through whatever the, the physical, oh, but it's not going to happen. You know, that's too right. difficult. You know, this isn't going to, no one's going to show up. It's going to be all you. It's gonna, All of those subconscious blocks are just piling on and it, it totally affects it. It really and truly does. For sure. Yes. I totally see the difference. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing actually how, how we have so much power to change things. We are these amazing beings that are truly based of energy. And once we understand it, it shifts everything. And the idea, it's funny. It always amazes me when people think that, you know, it's, this is just woo-woo because I have left, I've shifted six figures worth of income on numerous of my clients. And they're always like, how did you do that? I'm like, it wasn't me. I just helped you turn a switch on that you didn't realize you'd shut off. And it's, it's this beautiful energetic shift that it, it's just, it's so fun. It's so fun to do. I'm sure. Yeah. It's so rewarding also for you. You really see the changes. I love it. Yeah. And the, the, this is what I believe to be true. And, and I think you're pretty similar to me is that um, when you shift someone's life, um, their ripple effect becomes yours. Yes, of course. It's an energy shift. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And my goal, honestly, my, my why, why I do what I do is that I, I hope to shift enough energy around the planet that when I leave, I leave a better planet for my children and my grandchildren and anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so special. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's interesting that you mentioned that about things coming back to you because that's what, that's why they say, you know, you should always wish good upon other people because what you wish upon other people will come back to you. Exactly. And it's funny because I have a dear friend who was still back in Michigan who um, I love her to death. And she says to me that one of my gifts is that I can always see the best in people. Always. I, I don't care who it is. I'll sit and talk. I'm like, do you, oh my God, you're amazing. Do you not see and People look at me like, do you have two heads? Who did you? I'm like, you really don't see that? You don't. Oh my gosh. You, this is huge. Like that's, that's where my brain goes. And that's, that's my gift. I love to create more with my clients. I love to help them see that their potential is huge and not, not just in making more money, but the potential of being in a truly aligned life. It's, it's funny. Um, I had a, a client come to me years ago. I think it's four years now. Um, and she is, uh, she lives in Italy and um, she actually asked for a call and, and we went through exactly what she wanted to create. And she was looking, there was a man in her life in particular that she had been in love with and they had broken up and she said, I want to bring him back in. And I, I understood it. We went through it. And at the end of the call, I said, gosh, I, I love who you are. I love where you're going, but I, I don't work with love. I believe there's free will. And, and she said, but you're my coach. And I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't work with love. I don't, love's not my thing. And she goes, you're my coach. And I, I was like, I, I, and she goes, no, I'm not taking no for an answer. You're my coach. Where do I send the money? And I was like, um, okay. I mean, I've never done this before. And I have to tell you the thing that was amazing about it to me is she hired me to work with this love, which she is dating him now. And, and I, I, my guess is they're going to be engaged soon. But the funny thing is over COVID, she went back home uh, where she lived somewhere else growing up and she'd had a terrible relationship with her mother. And I realize now that she hired me to recreate this love between her and her mother. 
So it is just this amazing shift. It's funny. I'm trying to remember why I even got there, but it's this amazing shift that when you think about manifesting, it is your whole life, your whole world. When you change your energy and you become more head and heart aligned, not only do sales show up, not only do boyfriends show up, but you can shift your entire world around you. Right. And it's, it's, it's about really becoming the best version of yourself that's so aligned with the universe. And that's why this woman attracted this, this guy back because she was so aligned. Just, just to be okay. clear for everyone listening, it's not like a magic yeah. thing. It's, it's, oh, it's, a- not. <laughs> it's not, but it's, oh, it's funny. I think it's, I was going to say to you earlier, you were saying about, you were saying how you get sales and things like that. Yeah. What I've learned over all this time of going over it is that we are all empathic. We are all empathic. Now, some of us know it, like me. I'm like majorly empathic. There's times I'm like, I just got to get up. I got to leave. I got My husband will walk in the door, literally 50 feet ahead, away from me. And I'm like, what happened? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, my chest hurts. What happened? <laughs> it's like, I hate that you do that. I didn't say anything yet. I'm like, just tell me it hurts. <laughs> but we're all empathic. And the thing is, people will feel you before they even you even open your mouth. So I have all these people that are salespeople that come to me and I want to grow my sales. I'm like, don't walk in the door until you feel good. Don't get on the call until you feel good. Don't even bother. So there's all of this that we're, we're not even aware of. And again, when you say that it's all woo woo, just try it. Anybody listening, you want to see if it works, hype yourself up, put on, like, if you, if you have to go make that call that you think someone's going to be negative, flip your switch, spend five minutes with your very favorite upbeat songs, tell everybody around you to not think you're crazy and jump around and get excited, get on the phone and watch how they act differently. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. Actually, I just did that last week. I had, um, <laughs> I, I wanted someone to like invest in a project that I'm doing and I was really nervous because it's awkward to ask the people for money, you know, and it wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't a small amount of money. So before I got on the phone, I was like feeling a little anxious and I was like, okay, he's so nice this guy, he's generous. He wants to help, et cetera. Like all these positive like affirmations. And I called him and, and he, he did it. He gave it happily and generously. And oh, I'm, I'm not wonderful. Saying, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I think that people really don't put enough importance on your mindset and, and your energy in general, and you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it makes a huge difference. And the funny thing is people are, they're, they're doing a lot of, okay, you're marketing, right? I love people doing all this social media and they're like, oh yeah, I'm putting stuff up in social media, but they're not making sure before they get on that they're checking how they feel inside. Because if you don't check how you feel inside first, we're going to feel it through the camera. We're going to feel it through the audio. We're going to feel it through what you write. So you have to have your head and heart aligned. The second you do, people start to just show up and line up. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's interesting that you mentioned the marketing aspect, because that's why I always tell my clients to don't post because you feel like you have to post because you want to. Exactly. And, and the more it comes from within, the more people respond to it. Cause whenever, whenever I put something up that is truly like, okay, so I have, to, there's, there's been times I've actually posted when I was having a really difficult day. And I mean, you know, usually it's in private groups, but it hasn't happened many times, but I, I would posted something to the extent of us having a really tough time of it. And I was blocking myself and I had tears in my eyes. I'll never forget. Like I was worried about what I was going to get as a response. And I had the most outpouring of love because it was real and it was honest and it was true and people could relate to it, you know? And so yes. it's, I'm not saying 
you should never vomit your negative on media, like in social media. But if you're having a tough day and you know you're going to get through it and you're, it's okay. Be honest because people want the real you. They want the head and heart alignment. I'm scared. I'm scared, you know, or I'm excited in my head and I can feel it in my heart because we love that. We love that. I mean, if you ever wonder if you can truly feel someone's energy, watch some of the soldiers coming home videos, whether it's with their kids or with their, their animals, like the dogs. Oh my gosh. Have you ever watched any of those? Yeah. But not, not with animals, but with, with their kids and, and wives. Oh, watch the dogs, watch the, I mean, the dogs, I mean, it, and they can, this is the craziest thing. These videos could be 10 years old and it, I'll have tears in my eyes. Yeah. I will have, that actually holds energy still the second you see it. Cause you can feel the excitement of the animal. Because we all yes. love to think that they don't, they don't remember, they don't know. And the second they see them, they take off tearing and they're literally crying and kissing yeah. and all over them. And it's been a year or two or six months. And it's just, it, it holds so much energy. And that's why, again, I can't reiterate enough. We are not creatures that only live between the ears and above the neck. Yeah. We really have to connect in with how we feel and our feelings because they are so relevant and so important, especially if you're doing any kind of marketing of any kind. I don't care if it's you're calling up a friend. I don't, and that's a type of marketing. Like I want to get a friend to, to go out to lunch or, you know, hang out with me or marketing your business. You know, it's all about you being really connected with what it is that feels right. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that about feeling connected to what feels right. And also about how you were having a hard day because it's okay. I, I want to just like um, cl- clarify that it's okay to be in a rough place, but it's about coming from an authentic place. So, mm-hmm. and doing, it's, it's not about like, okay, if you, if you're feeling sad one day and whatever, it, you're, you're still allowed to post on social media, but it's about becoming from an authentic and real place. And that, and that's what I think you're saying, right? Exactly. Because when you show up as all of you, head and heart aligned, people can hear you and see you and respond to you. It's when we, we do what we think we should do that we don't feel we want to, that we get crickets. And it's, that's the worst part. Because then, then you get even more dissonance. Then the, the head's like, but I still have to do it. And the heart's like, but that really sucked. Nobody responded. I didn't do and, and then we get like, it, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. But when we get the head and heart alignment is when everything starts to go, oh, wow, look at that. Look at the response I got. Do you ever notice like you put one thing up and you're like, wow, why did people react yeah. like that? And another time you're like, anybody have anything to say? That was really, really, really like yeah, totally. I'm never doing it again. I hate social media. Right. Yeah. And then you got it's a negative momentum. So that's exactly. So again, it's, it's really the head and heart. Again, it's because when you put something up in social media, I'm, t- I'm saying what you do, I'm sure is that what do you want from it? What are you excited about? And I don't mean like, who's going to buy what, but like, who's, what do you, what do you want someone to feel? What do you want them to hear you? And you know, who do you want to help? What's the, like, it, there's always the reason behind it, you know? And if you're going on, yeah. like, I want people to say I'm amazing is like, people are like, I'm over her. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't want any more of her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I love that. Okay. Do you have any tips that you can share with our audience on ways to manifest things and maybe get what they're trying to get out of life? You know, it's definitely, I would love to help with that. There's so many great things that you can do to just shift your world. And they start with the simple things. They really do start with simple shifts and changes. So I'm happy to tell you that you do not have to change your entire world. I'm not going to tell you you have to sage your entire home and you have to get clear and write everything down. (laughs) So it starts with the simple things. So anything from finding 
finding joy in simple things because we typically find joy from things that are much more heart aligned because joy is where it resides, right? So if in your head, you're sitting there going, what would make me happy? It's one thing, but if you can actually check into like, where would I love to be right now? And lean into those things, kind of like, um, okay, living in Michigan in the middle of the winter, I would sit there and go, God, I would love to be on a beach in Jamaica right now. And that's that's a body aligned thing. That is not a head thing going, can I go to Jamaica? It's like, oh, sitting on the beach in Jamaica with the warm sun on my, my body. And so finding things that actually connect within your heart. Um, one exercise I do with my clients, the very beginning ones, is called the bubble of joy. So find joy as much as you can, because the more joy you look for, the easier it is to become head and heart aligned because the body leans more into the idea of, oh, we're supposed to be having a good time versus like, no, I got to get stuff done. So definitely start with that. Clarity is key. As I said before, you have to be clear on what it is you want. Sometimes it's really, really hard because we're so stuck in our head. Um, your head will tell you, I have to have that car. I have to have that life. I have to have that spouse. I have to, I have to, I have to, but let's be honest, nobody wants a have to. Nobody truly desires have to. So it's getting clear on, is it something you truly want or is it something you've been told you should want or that society wants? So the clarity, again, when you decide what it is you want, check in, does it connect in your heart? You know, I want that big job. I want to run that studio. I want to be that big wig. Your head may want that, but your heart may say, but I'm not going to see my kids. Or that just seems like more work than I came here for. Or I'm not touching enough of enough people's hearts or lives with it. So again, getting really clear with what it is you want and then checking it. Do I really, I mean, really want it? Because if you're asking for something you kind of want, it's not going to show up. It's just not going to show up. And then I think, the very basic parts of it is let go of it having to happen. Allow it to show up for you. We forget that allowing is a key to it because it, so often it's kind of like, well, I have to make it happen. It's not going to happen for me. Well, you're putting out there that if I don't do it, it doesn't show up. When we allow it to show up is when things start to happen for us. And then when it shows up, open your hand and receive it receive it because so often we're like, but that's not possible. What, what would they be given to me? It's not what, 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 what? No, no. Thank you. Yes. You know, so often I'll have people come up to me and give me compliments that I'm not always ready to get. Oh my God, you're so powerful on stage. I love hearing you speak. You're phenomenal. You're amazing. I'm still a human being. And sometimes I go, wow, I don't know if I feel that way inside. So instead of saying, thank you, it's just what I do, you know, which is pushing it back off. I say, thank you. I receive that. I receive that. So it's really, again, clarity, finding the joy, the clarity, allowing it to happen and just receiving it when it shows up. And then don't forget to ask for more. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest thing we get stuck on, you're like, shouldn't I feel lucky? Ask for more. You didn't come here to have adjust their life. Ask for more. Right, right. Thank you. Okay, I I love those tips. Yeah, those are great. The clarity can be, you know, what I want, how I want it to feel. And not just because we write the, the what, how does it feel to be in that world? I want it to be like, not only do I find the man of my dreams, I feel so connected to him. I feel like we're on the same path. I feel like we support each other in ways that I never expected. I feel like that we're both ready to have children. I feel like he's going to be a fantastic dad. I feel like he's going to be, you know, the most supportive person in my life. I feel like I have a, you know, I have a best friend. I feel like, because there's so much more under that. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, well, he's got to, you know, have this kind of a net worth and he's got to look like this and be like this and drive like this and live like this. And his family's granted, those are important. Don't get me wrong. But 
It's the underlying that's going to draw it in. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you a question that I ask everyone. Sure. That's a good question. Um, I hope that the next generation of women won't have to struggle with the idea that our beauty comes from outside. Um, I say to my kids all the time, and they, they're sick of me saying it, but I happen to think it was one of the most ingenious things I came up with as a mom, <laughs> was I, I said to my kids once, I said, and it's, I've been to a lot of um, really nice events, like I've been to the Emmys many times, things like that. And I said, you guys have seen me dressed up for the Emmys. I look pretty good when I get all dressed up, right? They're like, yeah, I look really pretty. And I said, okay, so what if I had my Emmy outfit on and I was ready to go? And I had one person, I had three people in the room, and one of them said I was the most beautiful woman on the planet. Another person said, I'm okay. And then there was a third person who thought I was the ugliest person they had ever seen. Who is right? Who, which one of them? Which one of them has the right vision of me? And you watch them and they're like, um, oh, um. And my littlest one goes, the one who says you're the most beautiful. And I said, thank you, sweetie. But actually the right vision of me is the one that I see when I look in the mirror. Because no one's ever going to see what I see. They're going to have their own viewpoint. And until we feel pretty, we aren't. I live in Los Angeles. And let me tell you, I've met some of the most beautiful people on the planet that I do not want to stand next to. Remember, I'm empathic. I can feel them. People that you would be like, oh, what? You met her? And I was like, yeah, and I could not wait to, to, to walk away as fast as possible. And I've met people who you would look at on a page and go, oh, that's a face made for radio, who I wanted to spend an entire day with. Beauty comes from within. And that's what I hope our girls, the next generation, never have to struggle with again. Because once you feel beautiful, you are. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. That was actually the first time I think someone said that um, as an answer to this question. <laughs> but I love it. Having two girls, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's one thing I would love. Because they're they're because it's true. They you're always as a woman, your value is always external to you. And I'm just so sick of that because it doesn't make a difference what anybody else thinks because if you feel like crud, you you look like crud. You just do. You could pretend you could like paint that smile on and I feel ready. And it was it's kind of like cockeye, like I feel really right. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Heidi, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? If they want to learn more about me, I have, um, I have a website at expertredefined.com. And I also have, uh, I'm on Facebook at Heidi Baker Coaching and Heidi Lynn Baker on Instagram. H-E-I-D-I is how you spell it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Heidi. This was so fun. I loved it. I loved it. Yes, definitely. If the idea of head and heart aligned marketing resonates with you and is something that you would love to learn more about and implement into your own marketing and business, please feel free to reach out to me via Instagram at Carmela Cosmetics, Carmela with a K, or my personal Instagram account, which is at Nechami, N-E-C-H-A-M-I-T, or via email, Nechami at CarmelaCosmetics.com. And I will be more than happy to speak with you and offer you a free 20-minute strategy session to see if you would be a good fit for my Head and Heart Aligned Marketing Program. And of course, if you're interested in learning more about manifestation, contact Heidi at expertredefined.com or on Facebook at Heidi Baker Coaching or on Instagram at Heidi Lynn, L-Y-N, Baker.
That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 